0: This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.
1: Hi, I'm Alex Shebar. I'm Director of Experiences at Culture Trip. What I love about travel is that it expands you. Uh, I'm a big believer that you live in a bubble, you work in a bubble, you spend all day in a bubble. If you never get out of the bubble, you die in that bubble. And you need to see new perspectives, new cultures, new people. It's the only way to grow, and it's the only way to make connections that are outside of that bubble that you live in. So that's what I love about travel.
0: You're listening to Travel is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the travel and hospitality industry.
2: Welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Uh, Bess, how are you doing today?
3: I'm good. Good. (laughs) Good.
2: I can't believe it. This is, is this the last show?
3: This is my last show. Cue up. Vitamin C Graduation or um, Green Day, Time of My Life, Your Life slash Good Riddance, playing in the background.
1: Thank you for the full title. (laughs) I would have no idea what that song was if you hadn't said the full title.
0: (laughs) Very
2: upset me. I promise she's not quitting because I'm on the show. uh... (laughs) uh, Can you tell us what you're doing?
3: Yeah. So I'm going back to get my master's at Stanford. Um, I'm super excited. I'm moving out to California. Um, I will be podcasting out there. That was the first thing I was like, okay, I'll come to school, but I better be able to keep my, keep podcasting. But unfortunately, this is my last episode of travel is your business. First of all, thank you to the mouth media family. I was, uh, a guest on the podcast now three years ago. Um, it feels like yesterday. Um, but it's just so many good memories. We've had a great time and John, my better half. I'm going to miss you so much. We are. I've we, I, I really just had the best time with you. And, you know, you've driven me forward professionally so much by your leadership in the industry. It's really fun. And I really admire you. And you're just a cool person too. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised yes. we were able to call him your better half with a straight face. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. You're
3: <Yeah. laughs>
2: the so. worst. into my yang. I don't know if
3: I'm the yang you or yang. But...
2: Who's to say? Yeah,
3: we're BFFs.
2: <laughs> we'll miss you. We'll miss you on the show, but I'll just miss hanging out with you too, best. Aww. Um. Okay. Let's make this about Alex, though. Hi.
0: Because he's here need to be all me. the way
2: from down the street. Yeah, right. <laughs> travel so far. <laughs> Distance is years to get here.
1: What yeah. is
3: your... <laughs> so, Alex, I'm yes. very curious where you see content Ooh. in the travel space.
1: You know, content's really interesting because you don't kind of travel blindly anymore. Uh, you don't go into these cities, you know, these very famous cities, whether it's, you know, Paris or Rome or, or or any of them across the world. And the sort of older way to travel is I know exactly what I'm going to see. I'm going to see the Louvre. I'm going to see the Colosseum. I have to hit these moments. Now when you're traveling, it's about what can I see that the locals love? You know, what is out there that is more than just these famous landmarks, which you should definitely see. I'm not, I'm not discouraging seeing these. You know, take your day and hit the big moments because they're very cool and they've been there forever and they're famous for a reason but then explore the city find the heart and find the center and the only way to do that is through content is through these videos or through articles or podcasts or just people talking about these amazing hidden locations that you'd never know about never in a million years would you find without some guide going this is what you need to see and that's why travel content is so important because it expands the horizons beyond
2: what you already know or what you think you already know and i mean you mentioned it but like where, where does content really, um, how can content drive the experience in a way? Like where, where does, um, well, culture trips doing this, like, yeah, how did, yeah. There's a transition. Uh, that's the idea. Yeah. So <laughs> can you explain to me like kind of how that, how that really plays out, how, how content gets to the the nitty-gritty of the experience itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're planning a a trip, you know, you're kind of going in maybe with expectations about what you're going to see. You know, if you're going to a certain city, maybe you have some food you want to try or or again, something that you want to see. But if you're going to really expand your your travel horizons, you need to get deeper into what that city contains. And you can't do that just by walking around. You know, the best experiences I've ever found have either been through content with articles by locals who are going, this is what you need to see, or talking to locals and Mm. actually getting that experience. And that's what content does. You you get that local perspective without actually needing to talk to the locals. Although when you get there, please find a local. Please find someone who knows the city better than you do because they will show you things that, that no content will be able to show you. But yes. that starting point is all about content. You know, Do your research. Find the amazing locations. I can give you so many places that I've found just by one article in some random spot that just was like, this is amazing. I have to check out this bar. And then you go to it, and it's the most incredible bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just something that you wouldn't stumble into. And that's why – all this content that's being produced out there, especially in a site like Culture Trip, where we have, you know, this network of global contributors. Uh, that's what Culture Trip is all about. These amazing people who are on the ground, contributing from their cities, talking about these amazing things that make it, you know, unique, different, worth checking out. That's what we're all about. This local perspective. Uh, if you're not, if you're not looking at a local perspective, then you're missing. You know, I was going to say half, but way more than half of what the city contains.
3: How do you identify and chat and get those those locals on on the platform? Yeah,
1: a lot of it is just reaching out, you know, finding great writers groups, uh, trying to onboard the right people, finding people with a great voice. You know, it's it's that perfect combination of somebody who loves the city they live in or loves the area and can talk about it and then can also sort of uh, convey that information in the right kind of way. You need to find somebody who can who loves, who's passionate about what they're doing and then can also write about it or be on video or do those sort of things. It's it's a lot of work. Uh, These people don't just magically appear. You actually have to put a lot of feelers out there. You have to assemble this amazing group of people who love what they're doing.
2: Hmm. Yeah, Culture Trip is such an interesting story, right? Because you guys, what was it, maybe nine months ago or so, it raised eighty million dollars. Eighty million, yes, indeed. Series B, yeah. But it is a compelling story because, like, you know, there's um, there's no shortage of travel blogs that have been around for you know twenty. Longer than, longer, longer than that, longer right? Longer. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be something that's a special sauce that made somebody bet eighty million dollars yep. on on the long tail strategy of SEO that we've talked about in the yep. past. So, what what do you think is that is is um like Culture Trips differentiator? Ooh. You know what makes what makes it so unique and like where are the bigger opportunities? Like in a because of I have
1: to absolutely to... describe what makes us special. Yes, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's all do in that. one <laughs> sentence. Three <laughs> words would be best. Actually, yeah, ready? less than five words. See <laughs> um. You know what? It's really just what I exactly said there. Mm. When you do a search for best things to do in a city, Culture Trip comes up. You know, if we're not top 10, we're top five. Mm. Our SEO is amazing. And the reason that's true is because of this content network. We have this amazing group of people who produce content that is engaging and interesting in what people want and produce in this way that really gives you tips about traveling. Mm. So when you read these articles, it's not fluff. I mean, Culture Trip articles are the soul of a city. Hmm. We don't want to write just, you know, top 10 list of blank because the A, you exactly what you just said, there's so many people out there who are doing it and they're doing it in kind of the same way. And you read these articles and you're like, all right, these are great. When we write an article, we want you to feel like you get to know that city better. And whether that is a listicle of these amazing spots, but with details in ways that you would have never found on another site or, you know, in-depth articles about a very specific section of a city, um, you know, hop on culture trip right now, you know, the best hmm. way that I prove the website is just showing it to somebody. Literally, they hop on, they look at a city they love or a city they've always wanted to travel and they just are blown away by the content because it's so local and so in-depth and so interesting that there just isn't anything else there like it. So yeah, we 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 did raise money and we are similar to other sites, but we're not like any other site
2: out there. No, no, not even close. And so the, the person who wrote the check, which I think is like YPP group. Uh, I think that's true. I'm getting wrong, I think probably. <laughs> no, but, no, no. um But if they're writing the check, they're betting at least financially financially on that long tail SEO, that as like a unique identifier, I guess, amongst I mean, other sites out I there. I don't right? need to
1: tell you this, but the travel industry is gigantic and it yes. is never slowing down. In fact, it gets bigger every year. What's you know different about the travel industry in the last, you know, 10, 5 years, even in the last just couple of years, is the way people are traveling. Mm. You know, there is this emphasis on local tourism, on uh, you know, whether it is sustainability and and you travel now with purpose or uh, I mean, there's been all these articles recently about how Instagrammers ruined travel and now they're taking it back because they're trying to do it in a more mm-hmm. respectful, authentic kind of way. Mm. Um, it's true. You know, when, when Instagram began this boom, people were really excited to take all these beautiful photos and, and you know, cities be damned. Um, <laughs> or you look at what happened to, say, like Croatia with, with Game of Thrones, which was this amazing hidden spot. Now you go right. there and it is, ugh. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go to Croatia or it still has beautiful moments, but it is a different country than it was pre-Game of Thrones. And now there's this new new sort of uh trend with respect, travel respect, and you travel with sort of purpose and you travel with, uh, a care for culture. And that's what we've been trying to do, you know, from the mm-hmm. beginning is how do we sort of bring the, the culture and the soul and the uniqueness and the special, you know, these special feelings of each city, how do we sort of portray that in a way that is authentic to what the city is all about? Um, and we're, you know, that, that's, that's a real trend right now and it's only going to become more so. And it's so important as you travel to think about who is, who are these people? what's the culture what matters well you know why are you in this city and, and is there more to it than just like taking a few photos and leaving uh, and the answer is yes yes there is um and so yeah uh it doesn't surprise me at all though that, that you know we were valued as high as we are because what we're doing is important um we're trying to to create more of an experience than just what tourism is all about
0: mm.
3: I, I've never heard that about Instagrammers kind of taking it back, which is, is really interesting yeah. because I think even just with the rise of Instagram stories versus just posts, um, my, at least on my feed, it feels like all the posts are just ads, right? So yeah. they've actually been forced by the platform in a way to become more engaging with their content.
1: Very true. I mean, you look at some of these and, and they'll... Uh, some of these, some of these influencers, and I won't say any by names because if you want to look up controversy, you can, you can find them. But they've done things like, you know, uh, appropriated culture, appropriated clothing, oh, yeah. or, um, you know, hopped on elephants in in cities where these elephants are treated terribly, and and uh, sometimes it's done by purely by ignorance. And I'm not gonna, I'm not, I won't, I won't vilify anybody because if you don't know and then you learn from it and you change yourself, I think that's a strong moment. And there mm. have been lots of influencers that have happened to where they just. You know, know, did it yeah, they didn't know. And then when they did know, when, you know, thousands of people, these these influencers started to be like, You this is not okay, they apologized and they changed. And that is solid. But there are a lot also that just don't care. Um, and I think that trend of, you know, getting away with doing whatever you want at this point is absolutely on the way out it you're gonna you're gonna be called out on things that are not okay and either you can change and learn and grow and become better and lots of people are or you're gonna lose what you have and you'll just have this awful troll of followers who are just monsters because they like seeing you be awful people um and you know there's a time and place for that but it's not uh i don't think it's gonna be the i think it's gonna be the exception not the norm
3: And I think even the destinations themselves are starting to recognize, like, that Croatia effect that you just described. There was an article in the New York Times a couple of weeks back about, um, I think it was in Sri Lanka, there was a hotel owner who said, we will not have Instagrammers here, (laughs) or excuse me, influencers, which shows how little I know, but... that wasn't they all – That's not the first all, time I've heard it. <laughs> all, he gets so many emails of people who are really entitled saying, yeah. Come give me a free night. <sighs> I'll take pictures. He's like, I don't want photos yeah. of this on Instagram. And just the entitlement of, I should get a comp to stay. It, it's wild yeah. yeah,
1: I mean you look at what's happening in Nepal you know they've had oh, yeah. so little regulations forever and suddenly and obviously that's a lot to do with death so that's all that's a whole different that's, thing that's but it is a lot of content coming out about look at the trash that's left behind look at these Sherpas bringing these bags of trash down that people just abandoned there and they're finally stepping up and being like we should probably do something mm. and that's you know again people have been climbing that mountain forever and they, nothing has happened it's only now because of content because of mm. public reaction because of the way that the world is now perceiving tourism. Are things changing? And this is not going to be the last time you hear about it. It's absolutely going to be more and more of these examples coming. Wow, I'd be interested.
2: Your title, your role yeah. is about experience.
0: Yes, we can talk experiences. <laughs> I yes, probably let's, should.
2: Let's let's let's, <laughs> let's unpack that. Um, well, wait. Should we unpack that, or should we unpack this snack that you brought? Oh, do
1: you want to do snacks first?
0: Oh, great snacks. <laughs> I, like, I like
1: that. A little, little I want to, we, why
2: don't we unpack experiences and how Culture Trip's getting into yep. that after we have this snack? What did think... you bring us?
1: All right, so I grew up in Boston. Um, so I'm not a f- I'm not unfamiliar to the East
2: Coast, obviously. Wait, we're in
1: Boston. But, uh, what? In Boston, in Boston, I grew up Boston. That's where I'm born. Born in Boston. I was born in Boston. Hey man, I'm from Millis. That's awesome. I was Little actually town. coming out like right in Boston. No uh, way, man. Yeah, man. And then oh. then Western Mass after that. So. Massachusetts boys. yeah. I love that. (laughs) Keep it Um, (laughs) does. Yeah, that's nice. In fact, I'm going back to Boston soon. Got to get that summer seafood. Um, (laughs) But I was living in London for about five years, and my wife had been to New Jersey but not New York, and so I took her to New York, uh, girlfriend at the time, then fiance, then wife. Uh, And we went on this amazing food tour, and it was just these, again, these amazing local spots that if I had not you know been on this tour and it was all about sort of local experiences I probably wouldn't have found it and one of the places they took us to was the pickle guys who make these unbelievable kosher pickles and they don't just make pickles they make all different varieties of food and they pickle the hell out of them <laughs> um, and I thought you guys probably always get like cupcakes and, and like easy things to eat and I thought it'd be funnier to bring you pickles because uh, that was like a, a cool <sighs> local travel experience I got to share with the woman I love uh, and yeah so I have brought you uh, pickled pineapples oh, oh my wow. gosh I'm pickled so... olives I believe with um, maybe jalapenos in the side yeah Um, and then uh, some half sours right here that are absolutely worth trying. half sour pickles. Oh, okay. That's an insider info. Half-sour pickles, yeah. Wow. The more sour they get, the more, I guess, sour they get. So, uh, (laughs) yes, Pickle Guys, um, absolutely worth checking out. Eventually, they're going to open a fried pickle restaurant. It's been in the works, I think, for years now. Uh, I cannot wait when it happens, because I absolutely love fried pickles. Um, No, 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 it's a store. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. If you guys have never joined the Pickle Guys, please check them out. They have, like, Twenty different barrels of of vegetables sure. that they have pickled, and so you go and you're like, I want oh, like a quart you. of like the pineapples or the olives. They have multiple different varieties of pickles. Yeah. It's such a cool experience. Cool. It's like a, like a gruff dude behind the counter. He's like, Who's up next? And like you have to go ahead and tell him <laughs> what pickle you want. I love um, that. It is absolutely a a a, a journey and an experience, and in it's in, a, in and of itself. Um, totally kosher too. So if that's wow. a concern. And they are, they are truly amazing pickles. They this really
3: are. I, I can vouch idea. for it. I'm mm, eating nom. it right now. They're it's crunch. crunchy. Nom, 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 nom.
2: <laughs> yeah, kind of perfect for something on a podcast, right? It's Wait, like... You're looking for a little
1: ASMR? You like a crunch in <laughs> Here's my pickle. Enjoy it. The
2: rest of this episode, we just whisper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: tell me about travel.
2: <laughs> so, oh Alex, tell me
1: about experience. Yeah, right? Oh, I'm so relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change your whole format today. This is all you're going to do from now on. Eat pickles and talk (laughs) talk, talk, travel in a whisper. This is a grand experiment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you love to laugh? Do you love great interviews with a lot of heart? Do you like good stories? Do you like to hear about life? Well, good news. Because if you listen to a show called Funny People Talking, all of that happens. Right, Danielle? All of it happens. Every single thing you said on that list and more. And, well, Elsie, does any of it not happen? It all happens. Come on, Elsie. <laughs> okay. It really right. happens. Okay. Well, you should join us on Funny People Talking on Mouth Media Network. You can find us anywhere. You can find a great podcast. And I know it's true because these people loved it. Woo! Only for a short time while they were listening to the show, Then Life Sucked. Listen to funny people talking.
0: Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at TravelIsYourBusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at MouthMediaNetwork.com.
3: I'm very interested. So you came from Boston. Uh, Yeah. Or you were born in Boston. Born in Boston. Um, How did you, what was your career trajectory? Where did you end up, or or how did you end up a culture trip?
1: You know, it's, it's, um, actually, this is a good segue to experiences. We can Mm, talk there. um, Because that's. That's a lot of it is is community building and experiences around sort of shared common interest. Um, Yeah. Uh, Born in Boston, went to uh, school at the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Try putting that on one line of a resume. It's impossible. (laughs) Um, Good journalism school. I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, And then nothing kills that dream faster than doing it professionally, realizing you hate it. (laughs) Uh, To be fair, the the role they. So if you're a journalist. Uh, The traditional news path is the first role you're going to have is the three to midnight breaking news shift. It's the nighttime shift. And you sit in front of a police scanner waiting until someone is shot, stabbed, something burns down, or specifically someone is murdered. And then you go to those crime scenes, usually by yourself. That sounds Uh, pretty depressing. It's a nightmare. Mm. And you're like 22 at this point. And it's not like you're like TV news where you roll up with a van and like a camera dude. You are literally like on a pad and a paper in the worst areas of the city because someone's just been shot. And you have to go down there. And it's awful.
2: Um and I'm not Like a press pass, you know do, you but... get into the best bar locally
1: <laughs> afterwards. Uh, yeah, you do need drinks after that, <laughs> no question. Um yeah, it's just, it's a tough shit, but some people really love it. Like some people right. really love the crime beat. Like whenever I talk to it, they're like, oh, like Nightcrawler. And I'm like, yeah, but he loved that and like was creepy at it, and <laughs> I just hated every moment of it. Mm. Um But while I was doing this, um I would I would tell these great feature stories. Um stories about like all right, so I was doing this in Cincinnati, actually. That's where I was. Uh, I got a job at the second largest newspaper, uh, the Cincinnati Enquirer, and I was telling stories. There's a, um, hmm. there's a building there. Uh, called Union Terminal. And again, like this is great, just weird local tourism. And if you see it, it looks exactly like the Hall of Justice from the old 70s Super Friends cartoon with like Superman and Batman. Oh, wow. Um, it, it looks, and I'm talking like exactly like if you can pull up images of it, look up Union Terminal and type in Hall of Justice. And it looks, you know, it's got the big round arch and the columns and the fountain up front. Oh, wow. and, and it's always been kind of like, oh, this is cool. It's kind of got like this weird superhero connection, but nobody knew why. And so I tracked down the original animator and I was like, tell me this story and he did and he talked about exactly why it looks like that and i i actually they still have that article framed in in the thing and they run all these superhero events based around it and it was just really cool to tell stories about like travel tourism and like show off a city that i really loved and like people got really into it it was very cool it's still on the wikipedia page i'll, I'll take that um and so uh your seo is fantastic yeah, right <laughs> yeah, it's on my um and then, of course, you know, recession happened and uh, last hired, first fired, which is always a joy. Um, and what can you do? Um, and so at that moment, I was like, look, I love I loved Cincinnati and people. All right. I'm going to do a quick plug for a city that I absolutely love. If you guys have never visited Cincinnati, you absolutely must. I know that sounds ridiculous. Really? It sounds, zoo? It, well, sometimes the zoo, but not really. They're better zoos. I'm sorry, Cincinnati Zoo. You're very nice, <laughs> but they're better zoos. Um, it's funny that people mention the zoo a lot. No, Cincinnati um, has a neighborhood called Over the Rhine. And it was at one time statistically one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the country. You know, just crime yeah. and what happened was the neighborhood the the city was like I'm not we're not gonna let this happen and they began to redevelop it and it is now this unbelievable neighborhood of gourmet restaurants and arcade bars and board game bars and you know it is packed with when I be, when I lived there nobody would walk it and now you cannot get into a restaurant it's all around this it just it's crazy but it's so filled with life because it's this tiny city that really believed in itself mm-hmm. and it has just totally come back with these amazing things so Cincinnati is just a joy um, and it, everybody I ever brought there I was like this is so cool. Um so you know you guys, you know, I won't talk about the other two Ohio cities because I have mixed feelings. Um, <laughs> sorry, Columbus. Um but Cincinnati will always be a place in my heart.
2: So I really wanted the to get GMO something I was screaming yeah, at the top right? of the Oh my story. God. guys. <laughs> um, you're fine too. Um
1: there is actually a chicken arepa place in Columbus that is the best I've ever had. Uh so I can at least I can at least give you places in Columbus that are wonderful. Um but I wanted to get something back to Cincinnati. I really love this city. And so I decided I was going to screen the hundred greatest films of all time publicly. Uh, One movie or two movies a week, uh, just anywhere I could and just see what happens. And it just built. It built upon this. And people started to come. And suddenly we're doing 500-person screenings of the original King Kong outside of their Fountain Square. Cool. Or we took over the theater where Steven Spielberg premiered Raiders of the Lost Ark because he's from Ohio and he wanted to show in this tiny theater called the 20th Century Theater. And uh, we, we took it over and screened Raiders of the Lost Ark there. It was amazing. That sounds awesome. And so then Yelp found me. Um, they were looking for their first community manager. And they were like, cool. can you come help us build? And they did. So I worked for them in Cincinnati. I went to London and helped them grow Europe. And then I did the Midwest for a couple of years. I worked out of Chicago which was a blast uh, left um, about a year and a half ago at this point to just try to see what else was out there uh, I did some freelance stuff I worked for Bumble for a short period where I helped them create a brand strategy um, a couple new verticals they've created where they wanted to again do more than just dating they want to become this great lifestyle app so I helped them and then I wasn't sure what happened and I ran into an old colleague who I had met through uh, through Yelp he was doing a company called Funzing, where they were doing experiences in London and he they knew they needed to bring in a director of experiences to help kind of grow what culture trip is doing right now. And so I have been there about two months at this point and we are building their first ever sort of experiences page and what that looks like. And it's been nothing but a blast.
2: That's awesome. And so when you're building the experiences page, this, there's obviously like you said, this giant long tail of, of content that culture trip is, is aggregating and constantly kind of growing. How, how do you envision um, making any of those experiences bookable or meaningful or something actionable. Ooh, too much pickle, apparently. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Right that like, so pineapple, good. by the way, is like next oh, I'm, level. I'm try try I actually probably need some. I've had
3: some of the olives, the olive's and by good? some, I mean ten. They're really <laughs> good. <laughs>
1: oh, that's so good. I've never tried guy. their pineapple before.
2: The pineapple that's like that is
0: like next level. You're
1: right.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: You know, it's actually content's a really good place to start when we're talking experiences, because that's where we started. We looked at our SEO and we were like, which cities are trending best? Which articles are playing, you know, most interesting? What are people really interested in? We were able to build experiences based around that content. Um, You know, I'm able to reach out to, you know, some of the best museums in the world or some of the best tours in the world or or more interestingly, tours or museums that you've never heard of, Mm. but are interesting and weird and wonderful and go, look, guys. You know, I can prove that people are interested in your museum. Let's put together an experience that we can book right off Culture Trip that people will want to book because they've already read the content about you. They're already interested in what you're doing. Let's curate something that you guys have never done before and Mm -hmm. do something really – Amazing, and we can promote it and get the word out there. And people, I have no doubt are going to be psyched because it's authentically moving down the funnel. You know, we don't want to trick people or force people into buying things they don't want. We want people to be so excited about this stuff that they can't help but buy. They can't wait to make that trip because they've already booked four experiences off uh, off our site because they're the most interesting, exciting, local experiences they possibly can do. You know, that's that's what I'm hoping for is they can plan their entire trip off Culture Trip, not just researching it, but now actually booking things to do.
2: And so, okay, so I have two questions. But yep. I'm going I'm to try. Phase myself out a little bit because <laughs> I get overexcited. No, yeah, man, it's um, a good topic. I'm excited too. <laughs> well, well, what is? I think I think it was FocusWire who was writing about um, about how Culture Trips openly said like we've got like an OTA kind of strategy underneath underneath our content yeah that, it's that not gonna be our main aspect but it's <laughs> like a reverse it's kind of like the reverse of what everyone else has been dealing with right i mean it's like everyone's like we need users we need user acquisition and now you're like no we just need to monetize it which is really interesting but authentically because right oh is that
1: where you're going Well, I was going to ask, jump the
2: gum <laughs> because no no it's i think it's really interesting like you have um so you're in a very unique space for partnerships like one of the kind of like the you're the bell of the ball right yeah. like i've got users over <laughs> here and i'm <then>, like
3: <laughs> seriously
2: it's very unique position yeah so,
1: so we're we're we're, it, you know, you and I were talking about this the other day. Where we're too big for some things and too small for other things. We have too many mm. users for some, and then uh, actually that's not true. You can never have too many users. Never mind. Take that back. No, but um, <laughs> we are we are in a very unique position where we have a lot of users. You know, with 18 million people reading our 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 sites each month, we have two billion video watches. Um, mm. Uh, God uh you know we're we're not just travel we're media and entertainment mm-hmm. uh we're a mix of a lot of different things and people are really responding well uh which is great because we try to produce the best most authentic content we can do so i, I know you know when they brought me in one of the first things to talk about is that there has to be this separation between pure content and pure OTA booking mm-hmm. um totally and, and we're never – that's never going to change. The question is how can you tow that line authentically? And the answer is you can do it. And it's really what I just said is is can we get you excited about content that you want to be part of and then give you a chance to book it? Because, yeah. hey, I've read about this tour or this museum or this experience. I want to do that. Oh, I can book that right here. I don't have to go yeah. to another website. That's just that's just ease.
2: Well, the, I wonder if the where, where's the – where's the most value created? Because, of course, you could set up partnerships with – with any, you know, get your guide or Viator mm-hmm. or like, you know, obviously very different, but like, um, you could be setting those up, and but what you described earlier of, of like, hey, museum, particular yeah. museum, experience, we could create like mm-hmm. a very specific thing together. Yeah. So is that the is that really is that the scalable model to create no, these very it's a combination of both <laughs> got it uh, when when we finally launch in you, fact you how do you was... ma- manage the customers expectations to, like cuz how many times in the world um coming from the other side right an yeah. OTA yeah how many times is somebody calling up the OTA saying like um you know help me with my or you know help me with this problem that the airline has to deal with or the mm-hmm. airport has to deal with like there's already that customer like communication gap sure so if you're creating curated experiences and then you also say co-brand or like you know um start creating booking engines with a with a different provider yeah what do you? How are you feeling that you're going to be able to manage expectations and show them this is a culture trip curated experience?
1: Um, I think the truth is that when we do curate together, we are going to kind of take a step back. We're going to promote it. We're going to say, look, this is something that we've put together that we think our users are really going to like, but this is their experience. We don't want to step on toes. You know, they're not going to go to this experience and be like, oh, this is a culture trip and museum of X experience. So it's going to be a museum of X. Because mm. that's the idea is that when you do local travel, you don't need we don't want to like brand us everywhere. That's uh-huh. that's so frustrating. Who would, who that would just bother me. That would bother me as a traveler. And it would, I think it would bother our users too if we just overbranded everything. Um, so when we do curate these things, we do want to produce content uh, and produce experiences that our users are really excited about. But it really is about the venue that you're going to. Go so ahead. yeah, so then all the customer service will come back to them because again, we're not on site. We can't be in every city that we're doing. it. it we will help in the best way we possibly can. But at the end of the day, it is these amazing either museums or tours or experiences who do this professionally who can do customer service. Got um, and so if people have questions about it, obviously they're they're free to come ask us or – but we'll probably just send them over to the museum because we're not the expert on this specific thing. Talk to the local. Talk to the people who are actually on the ground.
2: So I guess that's the thing that I would be interested in as like one of the pieces of the gap, Right. Mm-hmm suddenly this culture trip do you, you you don't have to have like a a call center necessarily for any no. of the aspects of the business at this point not yet. getting into these bookable pieces you're going to you're going to start getting into you know customer service sure. and um, you know, is that a component that you even have to worry about on the experience side or is it more like a operations team? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, no, of course we have to worry about it
1: because mm. we want people to have the best experience they possibly can have. Right. It won't be my day to day job, um, answering these questions. But if somebody asks me a question, I want to have the answer to be able to tell them. Um, mm. I think good you know, anything community building or experience building has an element of customer service in it. And if right. you're not doing that, then you are if you're just pawning it off to other people, then you're not doing a job fully. Uh, I'm a big believer that if somebody asks me a question, I want to have an answer. And even if that answer is, I don't know, and I will get you to the person who does know, that is an answer I want to be able to at least give. Um, so, yeah, of course, this is going to be a really interesting time for us as we kind of build this out and start, you know, enacting these things that we've never done before. But so cool. it's so valid and worth it. And especially if we do it in the right way that we respect the content that we're building and try to give these local experiences. Um, it's what we want to be doing and I really think it's what our users want as well.
2: Yeah. Amazing answer. All oh,
1: good stuff.
2: All right, let's go yeah. home. Yeah, we're
3: done. <laughs> oh, man. So... You've spoken a little, uh, a little bit today on a few occasions about how differentiated Culture Trip is. Yes, because you know, as someone who works in the VC space and travel, I do see a lot of like itinerary planning and sure. and, and recommendations and that sort of thing. Why is Culture Trip so differentiated? Why, and why do you think it's going to be the winner in this space?
1: You know, I don't think there will ever be a winner, like a clear-cut winner. Um, I think there are people who do different niches it of things. Isn't
3: TripAdvisor? Well, you know, it is. <clears throat> that, was a, that was a prodding question. No.
1: And, and we were, I, was actually just, I was just at the uh, Travel Disruption Summit. There's uh, a little plug there. Um, <laughs> what? And, and we were actually talking about this sort of topic, about how when people book tours on TripAdvisor, uh, they think they're a TripAdvisor tour and they don't even realize that there's another company actually selling through tripadvisor just like yeah. tripadvisor um and you know what that's great for tripadvisor um but it really it, it hurts my soul to think about these amazing brands who are putting together these amazing tours and not getting any of the credit or the sort of focus or the feature
2: that they deserve or the retention
1: the retention yes because when you go back you're just going to book another tour and trip advisor exactly. you're not going to look for that brand again um and that's that's really upsetting to me so when we do stuff at culture trip i really exactly what i was just saying i really want it to be about the locale you're at you know i i want you to be like i i booked something great through culture trip i really like culture trip but i booked this specific experience and i had an amazing time Ooh, pickles! Uh, <laughs>
0: time. Just
1: on and on going, an amazing time with this experience, and so, how do we win? We produce content and experiences that really showcase an amazing local city. And then you have these wonderful glowing feelings about Culture Trip that I learned something new and I want to come back from new experiences based on that. And that's how you keep retention. You get people coming back because the content we're producing, the experiences we're producing are so unique and different and wonderful Mm. that it's such a good time. It's not cookie cutter. It's not bland. It's not like everything else out there. Uh, We want you to feel like I had
2: uh, like a really informed experience. I have a question on the content side. So, sure, let's go. Um, let's, let's, let's do go. it. Let's make it let's happen. Go. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you know, we talked about how all these all these amazing contributors all around the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, and um, I'm curious about their incentive model, right? Is it all just, you know, uh, basic flat rate ince- yeah. and uh, um, freelancer model? Or is there some kind of like uh, way of managing quality through the incentives that are given to contributors? I actually have no idea. Um, got it what you say totally the, the, fine the
1: content side is a wonderful sort of mystery to me no um i mean we work with them a lot i see them working really hard i know that they have this great um uh, relationship with freelancers um they've had people there who've been doing it for a long time and they keep coming back because they really like the way they're treated i don't know sort of the incentive model anything more than just that we've got great
2: freelancers totally fair yeah. totally fair well is there, um, I mean, we've talked a lot about what's the short term, right, with Culture Trip and everything. Um, what do you see as like the the moonshot long, long vision for for Culture Trip in, a, in an experiences capacity? Yeah. Who are, I mean, who are the people you'd also really love to be working with right now? Mm, Ooh, great question. That's a great mm-hmm. question.
1: I mean, the long shot, I would like Culture Trip to become a brand name. You know, we're, we're bigger in Europe than we are in the US. We ran this amazing South by uh, Activation. I saw it. it was awesome. Uh, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, but I, I I was there for a hot second and I can't tell you how many people walked in and be like, what's Culture Trip? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Um, but that's I don't want that question to be asked anymore. And the truth is actually when I did get this job, all my friends who travel like a monster are like, oh, I love Culture Trip. And everyone else is like, I don't know what that is. Um, so we do have a very niche group of people who love what we do and I want that to expand to as many po- people as possible. Who I'd love to work with? um, God, anywhere. I mean, anywhere that's doing something interesting or amazing that we can curate something that's really worthwhile. I mean, obviously, there are the big ones I'd love to work with. The Met or MoMA, or I had a conversation with the London Zoo where we might do uh, behind-the-scenes animal meet-and-greet. Um, nothing, nothing's nothing been done, you know, but I, I love the London Zoo because they are super sustainable and they really believe in everything that I believe in. So um, so the bigger ones I'd love to do. And then I just want to work with weirder, smaller, wonderful tours that are either just getting started or like have a niche that are really well-loved in a very small sector but could definitely use the promotion I want us to be sort of a jumping off board for some of these great experience companies that could use it. They definitely deserve it. They just haven't had that break yet. Let's get them out there. Let's promote the heck out of them and actually showcase, hey, when you're going to, you know, Paris, Boston, San Francisco, Tokyo, whatever it happens to be, um, there are are tours you could take. But here's some really unique ones that you might not have heard of that are definitely worth your time and money.
2: Mm -hmm. That'd be really cool. Well, culture, uh, culture trips in an interesting spot too, right? So raising $80 million, that's a pretty unique space sure. when you, you know, you think about grand, how many businesses get started <laughs> and how many actually get to that point. Yeah, sure. So I know you've only been with the company a couple of months, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, um, what is the culture of Culture Trip at this point? How how big's the team? Is it remote mostly? Like yeah. what how are you kind of interacting with your colleagues?
1: So Culture Trip is mostly based out of London. We've got a big office down there for about 150-200 people. And then we have two satellite offices, one here in New York and then one in Israel. Um you know it it, it is interesting because trying to work with mean, my boss is in London. Uh shout out to Andy. Hello. Um <laughs> Uh, What's up, Andy? What's up, Andy? Um, He's a good dude. Um, When I told him I was going to be on this, he was like, yes! Awesome! Go do it! Love them. I'm like, awesome. Um, So when I, um, you know, because that's a very big time difference. So I'll wake up at, you know, 6, 7am and have emails to answer because obviously they're five hours that way and already have started their day. Um, So we are, I think, still building what this culture looks like, especially as we are remote, sort of around the world and trying to figure out what makes culture so unique. And I I think it's it's going to take some time to get there but we will get there um, and we will figure out kind of how these three very international offices all kind of melt together in this kind of wonderful way. But like in the London office they have yoga. Um, we just found out we're going to be doing a summer party here in New York which is exciting. They've never done one of that like that before but we're finally big enough to be like yay summer That's party. Awesome. Um, so yeah uh, I mean I love coming in every day. My colleagues are brilliant. Um, Jason who is our PR guy who isn't here today but was going to be here. We have these great conversations not just about like work but about travel and culture and you know it's really easy to chat with any of them because they're all super smart and super engaged in what they're doing and they really want this company to work you know startups are scary uh, mm-hmm. things could fall apart at any moment and we all know that um, when I worked at Bumble uh, Whitney who Whitney Wolfhard, who is the founder would give these great inspirational speeches where she would like build you up and then be like but it all could be over in a minute you're like oh cool <laughs> but, it, but she's 100% right and that's true yeah. about yeah. any startup it's like you know tomorrow may not happen so you have to make the most oh god this is coming like, like, hang in there, cat. <laughs> Cliché Monday morning poster. But no, it's true. Um, <laughs> you got to make the there. most of every single day. Totally. Every dollar counts. Everything you're trying to do and build this company is is valid and important and vital. Uh, and so that's what we're trying to do is, is make Culture Trip the best it can be, not just for the users, but for everybody who works on it, everybody who reads it, everybody who has any part of Culture Trip. We want it to be amazing.
3: Love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Entrepreneista. A woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the Conversations on the Entreprenista podcast, we want to celebrate failures, reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entrepreneista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at EntreprenistaPodcast.com.
2: The beaten. You're a Boston boy. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, what is the place that you miss the most in Boston?
0: Mm.
1: Um. That's a very good question. So, I mean, the easy answer is like I miss legal seafood, which is like such a touristy <laughs> answer, but like that clam chowder is incredible, or Neptune it House. Good. Also, like uh, that's just so good. Um. There's a restaurant called Ostra. Um. And it's it's not only is the seafood amazing, but they have this dessert called the snow egg, where they literally make this meringue egg, and then they inject sort of custard in the middle of it. You have to crack wow. it with a spoon. It's incredible, and that's true about Boston. There are these James Beard winning war spots that are just unbelievable, like across the city. That you know, Boston isn't thought of as kind of this culinary capital, but you've, you're missing out on stuff beyond seafood. Although the seafood is amazing, um, that are just worth doing. You know, check out what are these like check out every every spot that's won a James Beard Award in Boston I haven't been a single one that hasn't been absolutely amazing um I miss the food I just Boston food is different than like New York or Chicago or any of these other cities I've been to um they almost feel like they have to try a little harder because it's Boston I feel
2: like <laughs> I love Boston but it's always and like better than New York ourselves.
1: and I'm like cool man and they're like we're gonna prove it and I was like oh go, go. Buddies go, and they do a lot of times. They do. They try really hard. You're like, awesome! I love you, Boston. You've definitely got heart. So
3: that's cool. As a former journalist, I'm very interested to know what what do you read? What is your like morning routine of the magazines, new newspapers, blogs? Uh, So or weekend, yeah, and or weekend. Um,
1: I'll tell you honestly, I don't read a lot of magazines and newspapers anymore. I do a lot of podcasts. Um.
3: I, so travel is your business.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Clearly. There it is. You know, because you know, I, uh, I I read a lot of fiction. I love reading books. Um, and then if I'm on the go, I like actually just listening to like NPR or, or you know, any of them. There's there's a ton out there that just are full of information or news or, or weirdness or wonderfulness. I have my th- nice little Alexa and I'm just like, tell me the news. And it starts that day and it, it reads me. And there's a lot of um, – there's a lot of online sites that I read as well. Um, Huffington Post actually does a really good job of like uh, a mixture of kind of big stories and pop culture nonsense every day. And I like that sort of recap. Um, yeah, I, I should. No, no, not that I should. I um, mean, you know, as a former journalist, I feel bad that I don't read more newspapers, but not bad enough to start reading newspapers. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, but I'll, I'll give I'll give these, you know, like The Washington Post and The New York Times. um Both have great podcasts that I listen to. Uh, they have adapted and they didn't for a while. You know, when I was in journalism and this was 2008, uh, a lot of them were like, the internet is not going to be a thing. Or like, we'll just give away all our content or we'll steal all our content. And they went back and forth with it. Like, <laughs> like, you guys, you can't offer free and then pull it all back. And like, oh, they've, they've now discovered like here, five articles a month. And you're like, all right, that's a nice okay. like sort of counterbalance. <laughs> But they had no idea what to do for a while. And they've now sort of come around and are like, all right, digital is important. But, like, when I was there, there was no digital editor. There was no – we were just learning how to make videos as journalists. Like, it, it it was an industry, unfortunately, that had done it the same way for so long that they were like, we never need a change. And then when they really needed a change, they were not ready. Sounds like the travel industry. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that's, that's very true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <yeah. laughs> what are you going to do? But they, too,
2: have caught up, so yes, thumbs up to that. They have in many
3: ways. So with that, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, um,
1: that's a good question. I mean, you can, uh, email. <laughs> all right, so he a carrier you, pigeon? Yeah, right? Um, I still want those.
2: I know, I mean, right? are really cool. They, cool
3: they really were. They actually could make sense in New York.
2: They really could. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Just see all zipping around. That's awesome. Just have an idea.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Um,
2: <laughs> I love it. You're like, no, it. don't do yeah, that. Please
1: don't, don't do. You can <laughs> only send out typewriters, though. Um, so, um, how can people get in touch with me? My email, which I assume you'll have somewhere on a website or something. Maybe You don't have to. It's up to you. it's uh alex.chibar at the culture trip um or you can just message honestly any culture trip email um uh, yeah. I mean, or, or don't use the culture of social media because they're based out of London. It will never get to me. You can tag me on my social media. I'm at Alex Shebar. It's S-H-E-B-A-R on anything, especially if you guys run a tour, if you're an that people can come to, if you're a location you want more promotion about, please email me. We are building this sort of experiences page. It's going to launch in the near future. We would love to include you in it. I'm so excited to
2: talk with every single experience out there in the world. Come talk to me. Thank you again for being on the show today. Of this is really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, is there a final thought that you'd want to share? Um, yeah, final thought. That's a good question. It could be a reflection on today yeah, you know. conversation or just anything. Anything.
1: I think I think my final thought is 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 this. You know, when you travel, I want you to have a really good time. I want you to come back with lots of memories, and I want you to feel like you got into what the city's really all about. Uh, you know, there are, there are moments when you want to travel and you just want to relax. You want to go to an all inclusive and that is awesome. Do it. Find those moments of relaxation. You know, everybody needs them. But if you are into this mode of, I want to be this urban adventurer and I want to explore the city in the best way I possibly can do it, you know, do your research, find local guides, uh, read articles, hopefully on culture trip, but also just everywhere. Uh, get to know the city before you get there, because you'll have such a better understanding of what you want to do, what you want to see and how you'll have better appreciation of what the city's all about. Um it's it's just I promise the trip will be that much better. It'll be it'll be the best trip you've ever had.
2: Um I have an idea. Bess, this is your last episode. Do you want to share a final thought?
3: Um, my final thought is that I'm really optimistic about the travel industry and I'm really excited. Mm. Um I there's just so much opportunity still. And I'm really passionate about a lot of the companies that I'm seeing in this space right now. But I think there's space for more and there's space for bigger, more disruptive ideas. So for all the founders out there in this space, I think go go bigger, go more off the walls because I think the thing that's really going to usurp this industry like it needs to be, it, be usurped is going to be something totally bonkers. Um, and I'm really excited to see it happen. So, yeah.
2: Awesome, I'm gonna miss you on the show, Bess.
3: Thank you, like Not well, just I'm you,
2: but I'm also gonna miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being on our show today, Alex. Happy to, guys. That great, my co-host, Bess Chapman.
3: Happy
0: trails.
2: I'm John Matson. Bon voyage.
0: This has been Travel Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at TravelIsYourBusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.